Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Ankle sprain and all, Patrick Mahomes returns to the Super Bowl. The Eagles muscled their way to the Super Bowl themselves. And the Bengals enter the offseason having lost the AFC Championship game for the first time ever. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. The Cincinnati Bengals came to Burrowhead for the AFC Championship game on Sunday night, and they will leave with it once again, Arrowhead. The Kansas City Chiefs win a thriller against the Bengals 23-20. Patrick Mahomes on the final drive gets a run to pick up a first down, an extra 15-yard penalty to set up the game-winning field goal. The Kansas City Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl. Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs joins me now. And, and Chris, this game is going to be, I think if you're a Bengals fan, especially marred by some of the weird officiating in it. But officiating aside, what did you think of the way Mahomes played in this one on what was very clearly one and a half at best legs? Extremely gutsy. Uh, he stood up and did what he had to do, delivered the ball. And if you watch the end of that game, they're down Tony, Hardman, Juju. None of those guys are playing. You have MBS, you have Sky Moore <clears throat> as your wide receivers, and you're sitting there uh, just trying to do whatever you can. And, you know, say what you want about Sky Moore. He muffed three punts earlier this season. Uh, huge play to set them up to even have a chance yep. to kick a field goal. Patrick Mahomes in this game, 29 of 43 for 326 and two touchdowns. I mentioned that run in a, in a game where the Chiefs could not run the ball at all. 42 yards on 20 carries, just over two yards per carry. So this was a game that Patrick Mahomes had to lead them in. But let's talk about the defense for the Chiefs, because if they're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to need that defense. They hold Joe Burrow and company to 20 points. This is probably the worst we've seen the Bengals play against this defense. How did they do it? Pressure, pressure, and more pressure. Yeah. Uh, the front four just won uh, on a regular basis. Chris Jones was a man possessed. Uh, you saw what, uh, you know, he talked about not having a sack <clears throat> at all in the playoffs. He had two tonight, uh, but he was a man possessed just going off the entire game, putting pressure on Joe Burrow, getting holding calls, uh, opening up other opportunities for his other teammates to get to Burrow. And he made Burrow hurt at the end of the game. This was a, a game that I, I think was really important narratively for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes had lost um, with his team three straight times to the Bengals. What do you think this, this obviously they're going to go to the Super Bowl, so that's more important. But was there a little extra in this game for the Chiefs? I mean, Chris Jones ended his press conference earlier in the week talking about see you at Burrowhead. Like it felt like they had a little extra going into this one. Is this that, that boost that they could need going into the Super Bowl? I think it was huge. I think that the Bengals just completely uh, trash-talked, and that didn't sit well with Kansas City. And you saw how the Chiefs' defense came out and played in the first quarter. Uh, Cincinnati was able to adjust, and they were able to get some things going. But Kansas City's defense really showed up, uh, sacked, what, bro, four times in the first quarter. 
Uh, you have a sack from Frank Clark. You have a sack from Chris Jones. You have a sack from George Koloftis. And I'm not even sure who got the fourth one. Uh, I don't know if it was Frank Clark or, was, or who it was. But, you know, putting pressure on Burrow like that and then <clears throat> getting it to where he makes mistakes. He threw two picks tonight. Uh, that's huge for Kansas City. And you have to also look at how Kansas City's offense was playing before Mahomes fumbled the ball. I, I really do think that they were going to go down and put on another at least three points on that drive. So early, early feel for this matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs, it is a contrast of styles. The Eagles can beat you in a lot of ways offensively, but they they really want to run the ball. Whereas the Chiefs, man, they just want to spread you out and sling it. What is your early feel for this matchup? We're going to have two weeks to talk about it, but what is your early feel here? Earliest feel is that this team has to get healthy. Uh, you know, Tony going out, you hope that he can return in two weeks. Hardman going out, you hope he can return in two weeks. Uh, you know, Watson was out with sickness today, so I expect that he'll be okay. Uh, Marcus Kemp was the third wide receiver, and he had a huge catch uh, in the fourth quarter to move the sticks. And, and when you start looking at how this team won, it was just making drives, continuing to run the clock because it didn't give the Bengals any chance to come back later on. Uh, you would hope Legereus Sneed is back. You'd hope Willie Gay is back. Lots of players went out for Kansas City and, and a lot of injuries you got to worry about. Stay up to date all year on the Kansas City Chiefs by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Chiefs on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Eagles beat the Niners at their own game and are heading to the Super Bowl. But first, the other shoe is dropped for Kellen Moore. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They may have so many great features to make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed after you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props the OKC Thunder have won four of their last six games and host the Golden State Warriors. FanDuel has the Thunder three and a half point dogs. Don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Kellen Moore is out in Dallas. Moore was let go after four years of coaching the Cowboys offense. His final game is what left a bad taste in Cowboys fans' mouths as they couldn't muster any sort of scoring in critical situations against the Niners. Moore led the Cowboys to a top 10 offensive ranking in three of his four years though, and was even a finalist for the Dolphins head coaching job last offseason. He'll end on his feet, but the question now becomes who calls plays in Dallas? ESPN reports head coach Mike McCarthy is expected to take over play calling duties. Remember, he did that in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. He will be the first Cowboys head coach to call plays since Jason Garrett in 2012. Sure seems like there will be nowhere to hide from McCarthy next season if this goes wrong. Former Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett was arrested for public intoxication in Dallas on Sunday morning. The charge is characterized as a misdemeanor. A spokesperson for the Dallas Police Department said officers responded to a report of a man banging on doors at 7.10 a.m. Bennett left the city detention center shortly after being taken there on Sunday morning. We'll see how he scores on the Wonderlic in a couple weeks. The NBA Referees Association tweeted on Sunday that they made a mistake that is, quote, gut-wrenching. 
at the end of Lakers Celtics that could have swung the game a different direction. As LeBron James attempted a game-tying layup, he appeared to be fouled by Jason Tatum. No whistle was blown. The Referees Association admitted that a foul should have been called on Tatum, and James should have had a chance at the line for two shots. Do we like this? Are we really happy when someone says, our bad, this should have been different? I'm pretty sure if NFL referees said that to Bengals fans, no one would be happy. But Patrick Beverly took a camera from the sideline and showed the official it was, in fact, a foul. And then he got teed up for it. Speaking of the association, the New Orleans Pelicans really need to get healthy. Their season feels like it's teetering a bit after they lost their eighth straight game. Make it eight losses in a row for the New Orleans Pelicans, and is their season teetering on the brink? I'm Jake Madison, host of Locked on Pelicans. After being first in the Western Conference at one point this season, the Pelicans have dropped to eighth. And when you look at their upcoming schedule, it's tough to find their next win. So is the season collapsing? No, absolutely not. There just isn't much you can do when you're dealing with injuries to the top two guys on any team. Zion is still out and likely will be through the All-Star break. Brandon Ingram just returned from injury and looks rusty, isn't playing the second night of a back-to-back. Throw in giving CJ McCollum a rest day, and yeah, the Pelicans were going to lose to the Bucks. But remember, this team, when healthy, looks like a conference finalist, a top-five offense, a top-five defense. Admittedly, that's a big if, but it's worth keeping in mind when considering if the Pelicans need to make a panicky type of trade at the NBA's trade deadline. Hard to blame them much. Giannis scores 50. You're probably going to lose. The Memphis Grizzlies were hungry for a win at home after flailing on their West Coast trip and got a dub against the Indiana Pacers. Until the Grizzlies played the Indiana Pacers on Sunday night, John Moran did not log 42 minutes in a game this season. Jaron Jackson Jr.'s largest minutes played per game in this season was 33, but with 38, he crushes that mark. Do you think the Memphis Grizzlies wanted this one? I do think so. I'm Joe Mullinax of Locked On Grizzlies, and it was a five-game losing streak. 0-5 on the West Coast and Minnesota swing for Memphis. A couple of games that were competitive, a couple that were less competitive than perhaps they should be. It was a rough road trip, but a little home cooking helped the Grizzlies eventually get things going. They were down by as many as 19 to the Indiana Pacers. Credit to the Pacers for taking advantage of Memphis' poor shooting early on, but as the Grizzlies found their stroke and got into a rhythm at home with the fans in FedEx form on their side, it was Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant, the Grizzlies' two best players, having massive performances helping get Memphis over the hump and off of the losing skid. And on the ice, it's not just the Boston Bruins have lost three in a row. There's more to it than that. All right, it's official. The Boston Bruins are on a losing streak, having lost their third game in a row here on Sunday to the Carolina Hurricanes. This comes after Saturday night's overtime loss to the Florida Panthers, where they blew a last-minute lead, and a game a few nights ago against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, under normal circumstances, a three-game losing streak is typically pretty normal for any team in the regular season. These losses are a bit more magnified, seeing as how good Boston has been up to this point and against some opponents that they could very well play in the postseason. They'll have a couple days to regroup before playing their final game before the All-Star game 
which will be Wednesday night in Toronto. Surely another tough test for the black and gold. Here is another story you need to know. The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl, this time with Jalen Hurts. It's a new coach and a new quarterback just five years after they wrote a backup and Doug Peterson to the Super Bowl. A remarkable turnaround. They beat the 49ers 31-7 to in a game that wasn't even really that close. Gino Camilleri from Locked On Eagles joins me now. And Gino, let's start with that part of this because this was a game that, that Philadelphia really dominated from start to finish, but Brock Purdy goes out after that early fumble. Josh Johnson plays a good portion of this game before Brock Purdy, who basically can't do anything in the passing game, comes back in. How much does the quarterback situation and that injury affect the way that you view a win like this? A win's a win, just like everybody else, discounting the Philadelphia Eagles wins all season long. And it's just another long line of excuses that are just getting thrown out there. When in reality, if you look about look at what the Eagles did today, they dominated in the trenches. They took care of the football. They didn't take timely penalties. They were able to get off the field on third down when they were on defense. They were able to stay on the field on third down and fourth down situations. And frankly, their coaches outcoached the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan once again. Even when your quarterback comes out, you have to figure out a way to go and win that football game. And it felt like Shanahan from the beginning was very conservative when Nick Sirianni, his counterpart, goes out there and does some things that you're sitting back and saying, oh, man, you went for it on fourth and one in his own territory that early in a game, and he threw the challenge flag when maybe Kyle Shanahan th- should have thrown it himself. And I just go back to saying what you can control is what you can control, and the Eagles did that once again today. When it came down to rushing the football in the red zone, they got four touchdowns out of it. When it took the entire team to grind out yards, and not be able to get things going through the passing game, which they have in the past. And they had to revert back to this 1940 style of offense (laughs) and lean on their run game. Well, they walked out with four touchdowns on the ground today. The Eagles can adapt and have adapted well throughout this season. And once again, they adapted to beat one of the best defenses in the sport. When you have Nick Bosa and Hufanga and Werner and all those guys on the other side of the football, beating that unit, in and of itself, is impressive. So that's what I look at today. The Eagles did what they had to do fundamentally, situationally, and be a far superior defense with an offense that in back-to-back playoff games has put up 30-plus points. Yeah, 11 penalties for 81 yards for the 49ers, just four for 34 for the Eagles, and three turnovers to none for Philadelphia. And by the way, two of them are from starting players. Yes, Josh Johnson had the fumble, but Brock Purdy had a fumble, Debo Samuel had a fumble in this game. It was just a sloppy performance from the 49ers. I want to ask you about Jalen Hurts because as much as Brock Purdy was the story coming into this game, could he carry this 49ers team? Jalen Hurts came into this whole postseason run with the question about can he outperform the way he played last season? Now, he wasn't, the numbers are not going to look spectacular in this one. He did score in the second half to put this one out of reach, but 15 for 25 for a buck 21, under five yards an attempt. Not going to blow anybody away. What did you think of Jalen Hurts in this game? I think this was a game where, yeah, you might not have won this game because of Jalen Hurts, but he didn't put you in a situation which the other two opposing quarterbacks did for their team and turn the ball over. He put the ball in the hands of his wide receivers. There was a miss here and there, but we knew coming into this game, 
that the Niners were going to be exponentially better in pass coverage than the Giants were last week. And the great thing about this team is that even when your quarterback, who is so good at throwing the ball, doesn't have these big gaudy numbers, you can go and rely on the run game. But it comes down to Jalen Hurts just being that threat because the run game doesn't operate as effectively as it does if Jalen Hurts isn't your quarterback. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Eagles on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, how will the Bengals pick up the pieces after falling short in the AFC title game? We've got thoughts. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories? Then you've got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. My birthday didn't help over the weekend, but Built Bar can. I consistently turn to Built Bar to get something healthy that's actually tasty. These things are more delicious than foods that I wouldn't consider healthy, but they are. In fact, despite being covered in 100% real chocolate, they meet the sorts of macros that you're looking for under only 130 calories, four grams of sugar. 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around for your box when you order it from built.com. Although you can still go to built.com and, and get whatever you're looking for. Now you can just go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Just go and do the shopping you might normally otherwise be doing and pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Ooh, the coconut puffs. Go get the, co the coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, you can get a 13 bar box with our hit flavors. Brownie batter, churro, the brownie batter. You can thank me later for that one. The Cincinnati Bengals will not be going back to the Super Bowl for the second straight year. They go into Arrowhead and nearly take down the Kansas City Chiefs for the second straight season. They lose on a last-second kick, 23-20. to 20. Jake Lisko from Locked on Bengals joins me now. And Jake, for Bengals fans, officiating was a big story in this game. For anyone watching the game without a rooting interest, I think it was also a big story in this game. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a do-over in a game, even though it wasn't technically a do-over. An official did come in and try and stop that play. But how how big a story heading into the offseason is this going to be in Cincinnati that the Bengals were taken advantage of by the officials? It's Ron Tolbert again. We're talking about Ron Tolbert again. <laughs> and, and I mean, what a, I, like I said, before we started recording, I was going to try to talk about the officials as little as possible, but, uh, and, and to be fair, I'm watching the Mexican broadcast. I'm on vacation. I got a Spanish broadcast, so I didn't hear any explanation at all. I think there was one offered on, on the English broadcast, but the do over looks like the craziest thing I've ever seen in an NFL game. I don't know how you line up on fourth down. The punt team comes out and you're like, no, wait, we messed up the clock. We don't have the technology to go back and fix the clock. So we're just going to redo the down. To me, it's, it's not the biggest story in this game. It's certainly a story. And Bengals fans, I think, have every right to feel upset about it. But and, So if that wasn't the biggest story in the game, what was? Well, when they, when they needed to, they couldn't protect. They, they wasted drives because they couldn't protect too many times. And, and the game, again, for the Bengals ends with the start offensive tackle for the opposing team making a sack because they couldn't block him. And mm. smart move for Steve Spagnuolo to put him out on the edge and, and get the one-on-one -on -one with Hakeem Adenogy, who I think had a tough game. So I, I would think if I'm a Bengals fan, my fear would be overcompensating in, in, some, in some weird way in this offseason rather than just staying the course. Where do they go from here? What do they take away from this moment because it seemed like they did everything right and then just didn't play their best when they needed to. 
Well, they couldn't block. They, they couldn't run their offense, right? Tyler Boyd goes out early. He looked like he was primed for a huge game. The Chiefs yeah. also lose their slot corner, their best corner, probably early in the game. So, uh, you know, big swings there on both sides because Tyler Boyd has a couple big plays and he gets hurt. Uh, certainly a factor. Trent Irwin, his replacement, made one catch on a second, first and 19 after a holding penalty back near the Bengals' own red zone, I think, own, own end zone. So, um you know, the, there are some big decisions for the Bengals this offseason. It's probably going to be extension time for Joe Burrow. You're going to be talking extension for T. Higgins, much to your Packers chagrin, Peter. Uh, and we're going to have, or we're going to see them have, sorry, we're going to see the Bengals front office have major decisions to make about guys like Jermaine Pratt, who were who was fantastic this year, wasn't, uh, kind of came out of nowhere, breakout player. Jermaine Pratt and Jesse Bates, who's been really good and has done a lot for this team that is kind of hard to see at free safety for a long time as they were unable to get that deal done last year on the franchise tag. So there's some big decisions to make on their own guys. Big extensions are going to want to get done and then they're going to have to evaluate their money situation afterward. But I think that they have proven that they've got a great core. Stay up to date all year on the Cincinnati Bengals by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Bengals on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, some people just don't know how to read a room, or in this case, a city. Take, for example, the folks in charge of the colors of the Empire State Building's lights. One week after the Giants were defeated by their hated rival Eagles, the Empire State Building, ever heard of it, was lit up in green and white. The building's Twitter account even tweeted, Fly Eagles fly were going green and white in honor of the Eagles NFC championship victory. Why? Now, to be fair, they changed it to red and white for the Chiefs, but come on, you can't celebrate your city's rivals. Get better, Empire State Building. And do you really need a Twitter account? Come on. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow... What do the 49ers do at quarterback now? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.